This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. You're listening to Talking Raptors on Raptors Republic. 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 Talking little Raptors on Raptors Republic. Welcome to episode 14 of season 5 of Talking Raptors. Barry Taylor here with Nick Reddleton. What's going on? Feeling good, baby. Feeling good. We survived the All-Star weekend. It's balmy in February day. Beautiful. It's beautiful outside today. Absolutely. Loving it. Broadcasting as always on Raptors Republic, raptorsrepublic.com. Shout out to those guys. And we've brought some credibility to the podcast. Much needed. Stepping it up. Pleasure to welcome back to Talking Raptors, the one, the only, Rack It Up, Dan Gladman. How's it going, buddy? It's going great, but if I if I had known you guys wanted to bring integrity, I, maybe I would <laughs> well, have brought Jack Armstrong. <laughs> if I, if, yeah, if I'm considered the integrity here, yeah. what company am I keeping? Well, we started with zero uh, credibility, so anything. Low, we could have a bar. grizzly bear in that seat, Danny. There's always the integers. Yeah. <laughs> if you bust out one stat, you're going to blow apart this entire <laughs> podcast. Uh, six from a six. Let's get down to it. Drake, here's your royalty money. Did you see what Drake has been doing with our royalty money? No. Oh, giving it away to Miami. Giving it away. Yeah. Pretty cool. In a beautiful music video. If you don't like Drake, man, you, you're gonna you got to like him after that video. Pretty good. Did you see also while he was in Miami, he bought several locals their groceries? Yeah, this is all in the video. Oh, it's in the video. He too. got a million dollar budget and he gave it all away. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was the video for the song? That was God's plan video, yeah. So it wasn't just something he did. It was also being recorded. Absolutely. Whole... Oh, yeah. Uh, that guy's a genius. Yeah. He, really he really is. Oh, yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, glad he's our global ambassador. Hey, man. Thing one. Let's wrap up. The All-Star Weekend, the new format, seemed to work pretty well. Loved it, man. What were your thoughts? It, it it did seem like it got the players more involved competitively. And I think that's what they were going for in the first place. You know, who knows if it was the teams, the drafting, who the captains were, or the aspect that there was a lot of charity money on the stake, at, at stake. But you definitely saw that... Um, the players felt like they were playing for something and there were really some very competitive moments and that made for a, a much more enjoyable game to watch. It almost was like they found a way to channel their egos for good. Not mm-hmm. that they're arrogant, but like their competitiveness. They found a way to, to make it a real thing. I like to think it was all, all Dwayne Casey that changed everything in the All-Star game. He's the reason why they had fire in their belly, and, and that's the reason why we were entertained. He is a culture change. I don't think that's exactly what happened. Um, to me, it looked like LeBron really gave a shit about that game. Everyone's going to do And well everyone LeBron. followed LeBron. He like cared more than Steph. Like Steph was eating popcorn, <laughs> having a good time, um, which I'm not mad. People got mad at that. At Steph Curry eating popcorn at the All Star game on the bench. Well, there, Steph's got his his legions of haters out there too, right? right. I, I, which I've never really understood. I, you know, it's the All Star game. It's a show. It's an exhibition for everybody. I saw that shot of him eating popcorn. I thought it was hilarious. hilarious I yeah. loved it. He's just like, yeah, this is no big. We're just a bunch of dudes out here having a good time. I do agree with you that there was some fire in LeBron's belly about it, and it, it probably comes down to the rivalry with Steph. Mm-hmm. You know, Steph is kind of that one last measuring stick 
um, against LeBron in the current age. And, you know, LeBron had Durant on his team. Right. So here he is in his mind, in, in this that competitive brain somewhere, you know he's thinking, well, we'll see how Steph does when I have Durant. Right. You know, and I, he, I don't know if he would ever accentuate it or say it, but I have to believe in his mind he did use that as a little bit of motivation to, to make a game of it for himself. The game was much better, for sure. Did you guys see the Saturday night festivities? Absolutely. Yes, I did. What'd you think? I don't think it was as good this year. Um, I man, I actually I, I enjoyed the dunk contest. I'm not gonna lie, I, I had no problems with it. I didn't. I mean, I'm. I think I'm. I'm realizing how much older I am now, watching the dunk contest because I was like Donovan Mitchell. You got to relax with the, with the Vince Carter jersey. I'm like, first of all, it's not even the right jersey. It was the wrong jersey, and, right? And uh, and you know what I mean? Like, it's. I don't know. Vince Carter really was that goddamn amazing. Yeah. He did the same dunk. I'm like, it looked so much cooler when Vince Carter did that. It was great. Everything was great. It was just less. I don't know. I felt like for some, it felt rushed almost for some reason. It just went by so quickly. And I was just kind of like, yeah, there it's done. I wanted to fight DJ Khaled at uh, numerous points during the evening. He's a tough scorer. He's just unnecessary. I don't know why he has to be such a dick. Such a positive man. It was. It felt hollow in the end. It just, there aren't any moments from it that I'm going to remember no. down the road. But in, in all honesty, and you mentioned being old, and yeah, I'm going to be the, you know, the grouchy old man in the room right now. And you take it back to the Vince Carter slam dunk contest, which was 2000. And, you know, I go back to the the Spud Webb and the Dominique Wilkins and the Jordan dunk contest in the mid 80s. And I just don't think in terms of, electrifying and the moment and Larry Bird walking in hitting the last shot in his warm-up jacket Mm -hmm. I just don't think that these competitions have come anywhere close to that a lot of people talk about the one in Toronto the Aaron Gordon Zach Levine and yeah it was good but it just I thought it was up there it was up there and there were some interesting dunks but look part of the appeal is is the star power of it as well Right. It, you can't just have the best dunkers because if you just had the best dunkers, they wouldn't be NBA players. Right. There's some kids and young men out there who can dunk better than anyone in the NBA. They're just not good enough all-around players. They just can't dribble, yeah. Yeah, they, <laughs> they can't do the other things. So for me, you know, I, I was with some friends that night and the, the All-Star Saturday night for us, it was on, but it was a very background scenario and you know we had it on mute and we were listening to tunes it was on (laughs) and we paid attention and it was a reason to get together but um there won't be anything for me that stands out and i say oh wow devin booker this and donovan mitchell that it just i i I don't think i will remember it too far down the road whereas i will i will remember the game interesting this yeah the star power is definitely a but will that ever change like who were we ever gonna get superstars back in the dunk contest you need motive you need a motivating factor to it you know a million dollars yeah that's um, a good one a million dollars to your charity i mean it got them motivated to play hard in the game right so maybe you need some prize money or some prize charity money out of the um you know the slam dunk contest maybe to attract the stars but then again they already make so much money what you know how much can it sway them? Yeah, yeah, really. Like you, you don't want you don't want to be the guy who lost. Exactly, you can't be LeBron and lose. <laughs> that's what I think. It, yeah, that's what I think. LeBron almost when he was coming up, he had nothing to gain from entering right. that competition and everything to lose. Mm-hmm. Right, it just would have affected his legacy if he didn't win the dunk cop. And now that he's you know, I guess in his prime and like on his way, you know, to becoming cementing his legacy. If he had a dunk competition loss in there that's gonna be a glaring do you think it's a glaring blemish. thing glaring it's a thing in lebron thing. james's career uh, sure. he lost a goddamn dunk contest i think it's a thing <laughs> absolutely it's a thing well i mean dominique wilkins who truly is the best dunker of all time mm-hmm. he finished in second place three years in a row so here's the the absolute best dunker and he never won the slam dunk contest because you know for two years it was mike one year it was Spud Webb, who was five seven and doing unbelievable dunks. Yeah, you know, but but yeah, if with LeBron, it would it could be just another. Oh, he didn't win that either. 
I, I don't know. I just think it's a thing. I definitely think, I mean, it's like it's one of the reasons why they didn't want to televise the draft, right? Because, like, egos are, no one wants to go last. or no, You know what I mean? You don't want right. to lose a dunk contest. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. But he, I think it's going to suck for that, for the weekend, for sure, maybe a couple of weeks after. But in LeBron James's life, I don't think anyone would look back like, oh, man. Remember when you came to the league and lost a dunk if contest? He was in idiot? the dunk contest, the league probably makes another 10 million dollars yeah. because the viewership would go up so much just give right. him some of it or you know i i, I don't know it, it's probably too late now and I, I don't you know you never really thought of lebron as the most creative dunker of all time mm-hmm. he's certainly um one of the most forceful dunkers and certainly in game he's going to posterize anybody but you know he's not you don't think of him in terms of the vince carter style of dunking and 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 nobody can deny there has not been a dunk contest like the Vince Carter year, and you know we're at eighteen years since. I I think the Toronto one was very close. Really, that compared to were, the Vince, there that the one dunk under the legs over the mascot, and then Zach Levine, he was putting the ball between his legs from the freaking free, free throw line. I legit didn't know that was humanly possible. Like I didn't know people. You could spend that much time in the air as a human being. He did stuff. Both those guys did things I'd never seen before. Hmm. So that one was close for me. Here's the thing, though. Let's bring a Raptors angle to this. Uh, DeMar got robbed. DeMar got (laughs) robbed. But in the three-point competition this year, Kyle Lowry. But that's what Kyle just goes to the all-star game. Brick some shots and he comes home. That's it. It didn't look good. Like, no, didn't, but he didn't. He never looks good in the three. I don't know why he keeps doing it. He just wants to do it because it's fun. But he's not going to win it. We, I know this. Love that man. He looked <laughs> rough in the three point competition. He also looked rough in the game. But he, he, we know he's not going to look good in three point competition. We know this. I'm just worried. Like, what happened? Maybe it's the spotlight. Maybe this guy no. just cannot because. I just don't think he's that like he's not that dude. Okay, he's the pull up hit a three in the game. Yeah. Let him pull up. I just I just don't know. It, it he hasn't had his three point shot really going this year mm. the way he did last year. I mean right. he's still an above average shooter, but last year he was there were. I remember putting together some graphics for the for the broadcast that had him second or third in the league in made threes and percentage. So I last year it was a career season. This year, you know, you'll get a couple of games where he's 4 of 9, 4 of 11 from 3, but there's also some games where where he's been off and he really didn't go into it with a percentage that made me think he would be able to compete with the top, you know, two or three guys. But you know, Eric Gordon didn't have a great three-point shootout either. No, that guy was hungover as hell. <laughs> yeah, that, that guy partied for sure. Uh, Even when he addressed the crowd, I could hear it in his voice. I'm like, this guy. I've been there, buddy. (laughs) You would have heard it in my voice if we had done this podcast on Sunday. Is Jimmy Butler, is that officially why he missed the game, you guys think? Hangover? Oh, he was smashed for sure. Jimmy's like, yeah, my knee's flaring up. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, he really, he can basically just say that any day. (laughs) Wow. He's in LA. He spent spent the entire season in Minnesota. He's like, can I have one night? Can I, have I, one? I, I like. I was like, night. you gotta go play for like two minutes, man. I hundred percent get it, and I, I, you know, I know it's all star games for fun, but like, you know, if he, you're here for a reason. You should <laughs> give the people what they want. Yeah. You can't be a DNP in the no, all star. No, game. sprint make any sense. Puke on the sideline, make it a great. thing. That'd be great if he Thank puked. you, LA. That would be great. So Silver hinted that next year he thinks the draft will be televised. It has to be. It's. It's. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it would make sense. It's just another of these little um, side shows during the NBA season that, you know, it takes time. They have to evolve. You can't just blast it all out in the first year. You know, uh, the draft didn't always used to be televised. Right. And, you know, All- All-Star Saturday evolved into a thing. And now they've they've found this thing, the player draft of All-Stars. And they wa- it was really just testing it out this year. New format. They wanted to see how it goes. And... Somehow, which rarely happens in the NBA, someone didn't say, yeah, let's televise this. It, that would be the best idea. Or it got shut down. But I, I think you will see next year that it gets 
televised, and it'll be a you know an intriguing Thursday night on TNT. Oh, do it right before the game Sunday. That would instead be- of oh, instead what- of the Kevin Hart four hour musical shit that happened, <laughs> take that out and have like the street style guys lined up. That's what Stephen Lebron pick. You, you come here. I want yeah, you. Re- Reggie Miller and Chris Weber said that at the end of. I, was, I think it was at the end of the game. They were saying, "Yeah, just do it right before the game." That would be amazing. That would be unbelievable. I'm I'm on I'm on board with that okay. for sure. And you can see guys' feelings get hurt <laughs> live, and then you see and pain. then play that out in the game. That'd be awesome. That would be good. <laughs> feelings hurt. Oh, it'll be even more competitive. Like, oh, you gonna pick me last? <laughs> All right. DeRozan had a great performance. Twenty-one points. Yeah, you look good. I think he had the best field goal percentage. Of both teams. Hey, yeah, man. Hey, if he hits a free throw late in the game or maybe makes that last shot, he has a shot at, at MVP. And, you know, one of the traditions of NBA All-Star Game is they like to get the MVP award to the hometown, hometown guy. Kid, yeah. So, but, you know, whatever. It, it's the, He played in the All-Star Game. He, he scored 21 points. He, uh, you know, he stood out. He was great. And it just kind of goes along with, with the season he's having. He's one of the best players in the NBA. There's just no question about it anymore. Yeah. And it was nice to see how much they involved him being the hometown kid. Like, he was in the intro. He was in the... He's on posters. Yeah, like, he, they really they really utilized him, which was cool. I was Good. like, all right. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's a, le- a legitimate star in, in the NBA now. And yeah, the, the Toronto factor plays into it. But with it being in L.A., you and with the Raptors being in first place and him being a four-time All-Star, you you, you can't really bury a guy like can't that anymore. That, yeah. you, he you have to utilize him in in the hype for it. And but yeah, for for Toronto Raptors fans, it's great to see it. Yeah, because you know we're always thinking that our players aren't getting their due. Here's Demar. He he definitely got got it. Was a big part of the marketing and the publicity of it. All in all, fan of the weekend. Big fan. Even the coaches look like they had a great time. <laughs> Which is amazing. Nick Nurse looked like he was having a lot of fun. But Nick Nurse in one of the best suits of All-Star Weekend. That window pane. Well, oh, he looked good. Nick Nurse. <laughs> Shout out to Nick Nurse, man. It's just too bad Tom Sterner isn't still on the God. staff. Just for the All-Star I mean, game. That my good right? lord. He could, How he, good would that have been? Why did he not get an honorary position? <laughs> you know, Your thoughts all in all? I mean, I think it was a successful All-Star weekend. For me personally, it was the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was very successful for me. I got to step away from the season a little bit. But overall, I, I think they have to be coming away from that very happy with how it went. I think they probably owned Sunday night in terms of television. And, yeah, they you know, they have their... that That's their weekend. That's a great showcase for the NBA. And now we focus on the end of the season and the playoffs. Sets it up perfectly. Beautiful. A win for everyone except Fergie. <laughs> except Fergie, yeah. Fergie. yeah she's, she's even probably getting more attention and publicity than she's used oh, to. Oh, she's like, getting attention. She's getting, sure. Sometimes the negative stuff can help too. Yeah. It's not like she, she you know, did the Roseanne anthem. That's true. You know, like she didn't do anything rude. She took a chance. Uh, it, in her way, it was artistic. I, I believe it was a bit of a flop. Amy like Winehouse people. rolled over in her grave for sure. I <laughs> <laughs> watching it. That Nina Simone might have liked it in her grave. Though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's there's just there's different ways of doing it, and I it'll probably help her in the long run. Now a lot more people know who Fergie is. We're talking about her. That's I mean that was definitely not happening last week. That's true. Thing two mentioned Demar Derozan getting some publicity, which was nice on the All Star weekend. You of course traveling with the team, doing the broadcasts. When you first of all, do you guys communicate with like other teams? broadcasts is that like a thing like do you do meetings or powwows or do you know like other broadcasts from other teams i mean absolutely yeah uh will all of us i am not going to speak for the whole crew, whole crew but certainly i will watch you know um the cleveland broadcast or the golden state broadcast or new york and as the years go by you certainly get to know your counterparts right you know matt jack and leo that they will know who you know, that Mike Breen and Walt Frazier are doing the Knicks. And not only do they know that, but they probably have professional relationships going back 20 years. And it's the same with, with the producers. And uh, Spencer Julian, he produces the New York Knicks for MSG. Brent Valenti does the Cleveland Cavaliers for Fox, Ohio. And, you know, I, I, I they're friends of mine. And I also think that they are in, incredibly talented producers. And I 
try to steal ideas from their shows <laughs> all, the, all the time. Absolutely. So now to that, because there has been up until actually today, ESPN today, it's February 20th. We're recording this actually include, included the Raptors in a poll about who could possibly knock off the Golden State Warriors. But it seems like even up until just today, the Raptors have still, con- despite you know this amazing franchise record, not getting the respect down in the U.S. Do you notice from your your uh, contemporaries, your peers in the U.S., do they recognize the Raptors? Do they know they're this good a team? One hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, they're they're following the NBA very closely on a day to day basis, and they're you know front lines of it. So if if you know, we go into play the Philadelphia 76ers, for example. Their producer, an awesome guy named JR, by the way, he knows the Raptors are good. He knows the Philadelphia coaching staff is worried about playing that game. And and I remember many years back before this iteration of the Raptors that's going to the playoffs, winning, being in first place, I remember them saying to me, oh man, our guys are so concerned about, they don't know what to do about DeMar DeRozan. You know, this is six, seven years ago. Yeah. To which I was like, oh really? I mean, (laughs) let him get his 18 points and (laughs) win the game. (laughs) You know, that, that's how I would have thought of it back then. Look, a lot of people, a lot of Raptors fans take it personally that the American media doesn't give what seems like respect. But I really don't believe it's a question of respect. It's a question of TV ratings right. and selling newspapers and magazines and clicks. Now, you sometimes will see more on the internet because they know Canadians are reading, but you know, ESPN just they don't register ratings in Canada. You can't watch ESPN in Canada. So they can't target to the audience here and as much as ideally we think that ESPN should be covering what is the top story it just wouldn't make sense on around the horn pardon the interruption sports center if the Toronto Raptors are a story every day because the general audience there doesn't care they have 350 million Americans to make these stories towards and that's why it's LeBron all the time it's Steph Curry all the time it's Daytona 500 Right. The same reason in Canada as, you know, it's hockey. Yeah. And right. it, it just, ESPN, it just wouldn't work for them, even though they know it's the truth to have the Raptors as a top story right now. They're, they're 41 and 16. They're first place in the East. They could go to the finals this year. It really isn't a story until it draws ratings. And that can't happen basically until they win the Eastern Conference. Until then, in terms of American publicity, they are just a fringe team. I agree. I obviously, I mean, of course, I'm going to believe everything you say there. It's it's your world. I get it. This is the one thing that blew (laughs) my freaking mind. was watching part of the interruption last week, before the break anyway, and the Raptors came up. And... It was could the Raptors and the Rockets make the finals, and and um, Kornheiser said no. I don't even want to talk about this. And then Wilbon went. This is Mike Wilbon. This is supposed to be the NBA guy. This is the guy who's supposed to be ESPN's cornerstone NBA reporter. He didn't know the Raptors bench. He didn't know who they were. You could. He went and looked and started reading them off of a, a paper. He mispronounced Pirtle. That's, he, I mean, that's a, neither yeah. of them knew who OG Ananobi was. That guy starts, do you know, yeah. what, like he didn't even, I was like, man, you don't even know. Like, how do you not even know? You know, that's all. I mean, I get, I obviously, of course, what you're saying, it is a business and it is ratings and it is ad revenue. The man didn't even know, didn't even know. Like they never talk about it, right? So why would he ever give a shit to learn about who the guys just, on the bench are? It's Mike Wilbon though. It's the man, it's Mr. NBA from the ESPN. Besides Woj. I, I hear you, and I was watching. In fact, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit, I watch PTI every day. Oh, me too. I love it. That, it's, it's an amazing great. show. It's, I mean, it, it's I can't, an amazing show. I can't believe that after all these years, their, arg- their fights don't grate on me, but I, I still think they just, they give you in that half hour everything that's happening in American sports Perfect that day. format for a and, Yeah, and you're set, and then you can just go back to being Canadian. But I can't. I still can't hold it against them because to them, 
the Raptors are the team that wins the division, wins 50 games every year, and can't get to the finals. So there's something, you know, they don't have a former number one pick. They don't have a Vince Carter in his day. They don't have LeBron James. In terms of the bench, you know, consider that the Raptors' like sweet little secret, you know, and oh my God. you're going to go into the playoffs and that's a bit of a surprise attack. You know, they, they just didn't know. But in all fairness, at the beginning of the year, none of us knew. No. We knew who Fred Van Vliet was. Right. But no one had any idea he was going to turn into what he is. We're going to we hang knew. his jersey from the Raptors. We didn't know that about Fred. Yeah. <laughs> He's the greatest number 23 of all of time. Of all time. <laughs> no one's come close. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's tough seeing Will Bond. That not just even blew know. my mind. But, it, but it, it, on, the, on the same side of it, it's they're under the radar and that's kind of a good thing going into the playoffs. And yeah, these teams in the Eastern, Con- the, the journalists might not know, the press might not know, but the teams in the Eastern Conference, they know that they can hold their own a little bit against when it's five on the five on five. But when they get into their second units in a playoff game, they're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. And that's not just the Milwaukee Bucks and the Philadelphia 76ers. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's the Boston Celtics. Those teams aren't really that deep. Right. And, you know, if in a Cleveland-Toronto series, and I'm not going to say, yeah, Raptors got them this year, this is our year, but LeBron would have to play 42, 44, 48 minutes a game to make sure that they won. If you take LeBron out of the lineup and it's the Raptors bench against Cleveland starters without LeBron... I'm ready to take my chances with that. Absolutely. To the point about the other broadcasts, your broadcast aside, obviously, you're going to be biased, but remove Jack Ours is the worst. and Leo and Matt <laughs> out of the out of the conversation. Who's your favorite besides your guys? Who's who's, who's next? Well, I'm, are we including the U.S. national broadcasts as well? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I just, uh, Marv Albert's just... He's just the best. Yeah. I mean, he, he, there's just no, there's no stopping that guy. Um, hearing him call a game, and and I love, you know, I love him working with Reggie Miller, and I love, uh, I love Chris Weber being there as well. Um, even even Kevin Harlan is a, a personal favorite of mine. Depending who he's with, I I feel like it used to no, it was Albert and Steve Kerr, which was all equally yeah. amazing. Um, in terms of in terms of the American, um, the. Like the the local. regional broadcast, regional? the local, the local broadcast. I mean, uh, I can't even remember where Kevin Calabro is doing the games anymore. I think it's Portland. He used to be the Seattle Supersonics. They moved to Oklahoma City, but he wouldn't move with them. He stayed in the Pacific Northwest. I feel like he does the Blazers games, but um, when the chips are down, like my, my favorite play-by-play guy, who isn't a big, even though he is a big national voice, but no, you don't always think of him, is Ian Eagle. Oh, nice! And he does Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, and um, he is the nicest human being I've ever met. And he is—you don't think about it—he is such a good broadcaster. It's unbelievable. NBA games, NFL games, March Madness. He can go into anything, sit down, and call that game. And I don't know if you—if you saw this weekend, there was a tweet where his son is now like you know a freshman or a student at Syracuse University, I think. And they did on the CBS broadcast, they did a little thing, father and son interview for about three oh, minutes. Nice. And it's it's really funny. And it's, it, you know, they 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 go at each other a little bit, great. which which gives it um, a nice feel to it, other than how heartwarming it is and how much fun that must be for your yeah. son to be, you know, you're watching your son beginning his broadcasting career, but at the same time, he's kind of, he's grilling you at yeah. the same time yeah. and you're wearing your CBS jacket. Um, I, I highly recommend you guys give Definitely a look. But check that to, out, yeah. to short form, <laughs> the question you asked. No, no, no. I, I would. I have to say that Ian Eagle. Um, I think is it uh, Cowshot Tim Capshaw or something like that. I, I'm butchering the last name, so I apologize to Tim. But he's a good friend of Jack Armstrong's, and so whenever the the Raptors play the Brooklyn Nets, we'll see those guys. And uh, I, I think they're a, not a great team, but terrific broadcast crew. Does Jack fire it up when you guys go back to Brooklyn? 
Jack's always fired up. It doesn't matter where we go. He, Jack, Jack will say something to you like, I love Milwaukee. You know, everybody's complaining about it. But yeah, there, there's when when we're in Brooklyn, I'm in awe of Jack Armstrong. I mean, uh, like just watching him walk on the court. He's just has purpose everywhere he's going. And, you know, he's got a ton of friends there. And just the fact that there is a Brooklyn basketball team right now has to warm his heart. He's like Jay Z, man. Just walking around Brooklyn like the he king. Is, man. It's the best. That he, I, Jay Z's the king. I would say Jack's more like the mayor. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, a thing three. We are big fans of watching uh, Matt Devlin snap when you guys are broadcasting. I believe it's in Washington because they're like up in the boonies. The arena's cold. Which is hilarious. It's just, uh, and he is very professional about it. He doesn't, you know what I mean? But it, you can just tell he's. But just, he hates it every time. <laughs> it's just, it seems like, anyway, as a viewer, what the hell do we know? Uh, which arenas do you guys like working at and which arenas? Is Washington the worst arena to work at? I mean, not for me. Like, technologically wise, it's, it's quite well set up. Okay. And they, ha- they have uh, a really good crew who we hire there. Um, I do feel a, a great amount of sympathy for Matt and Jack and Leo and the radio guys, Jonesy and Eric, in those scenarios. Um, they're way up there. Why is that? Like, what is it just an old arena? Like, what happened? No, those arenas, uh, they decided it would be better for the company to sell the seats. Wow. So the areas that used to be the broadcast positions for television and radio are now seats that you know who knows what they're charging for those seats it could be twenty five hundred dollars a seat per game and that's why it's happened i mean what you know what's the answer to 90 percent of questions is money yeah so i i feel like that's why it's happened and it it's happening more and i can't even keep track anymore of the stadiums where it does happen the ones that jump to mind it's definitely washington philadelphia and charlotte and a couple years ago i feel like it was the detroit announcer um thought that a winning three-point shot had gone in. No. And he called it that way. And oh. it was like, oh, the Pistons win the game. And, oh, wait, are, are they reviewing it? Oh, I it, remember that. Yeah. Oh, it never touched iron. It, like, hit the rim. I mean, the mesh. Yeah, it hit the mesh underneath. Yeah, right. that's right. It hit the mesh only. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, he, he felt terrible oh. about that. And, and now all the announcers go in there. And, you know, it's really dip, difficult. You're used to being courtside, front row, center. Because yeah. you're calling yeah. the game for thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions it's kind of, of important. people. It, it's pretty important, right? Yeah. So it, it's, it's how the league makes its money. Yeah. You know, like those 100%. billion dollar contracts. Yeah. Well, I mean, ESPN and Turner, yeah. they will always get those. That's that's built into the deal. It's always these regional. What? Are, yeah. What? Are, so then if so, so if ESPN's broadcasting a Wizards game, they'll be down. They the, will. They'll they, rearrange. They get a, a they get a, a spot always the opposite side of the scorers table. Okay. You'll see they're okay. they're always but they will always be on the floor with room for th- probably four people, three broadcasters and a statistician. Wow. And that. Yeah. I mean, that's they've paid an yeah. inordinate amount of money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they got the seats. <laughs> yeah. So they so. They they get those, but it's you know that that's present day NBA, and huh. there's some some arenas, and yeah, it, it makes it frustrating going in there. I mean, going in at the start of the day, you you remember our guys are going to be sitting up there, and we have to make different arrangements for for microphones and video monitors. I mean, all the stuff that you never think of, right? It comes into play with that, and it, it's it's frustrating, but it's just it's part of life in the NBA right now, and. We're just hoping, you know, more stadiums don't go and do it. You mentioned the Orlando Arena. Is that near downtown Orlando? Are there any arenas that are out in the middle of nowhere? Not really anymore. Um, this, the old Sacramento Arena, which used to be Arco in its heyday. Okay, yeah, And yeah. then at the end, it was Sleep Train Arena. That was way out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but now, oh, yeah, and then they, they just opened their new one, Golden One, which opened last year, and that's that's a pretty cool arena too. Um, no, the the you know the uh, Wells Fargo Center, Philadelphia, it it really isn't in the downtown, and they they have everything called a sports complex. So you have the baseball stadium, the football stadium, and the basketball hockey arena all within this this one area. And yeah, you know you, you got to put time aside, twenty to thirty minutes to get there. 
but it's all there and then you're close to the airport so on your, on your way out oh nice um san antonio is is out of the downtown um but it you know it in terms of being a visitor in these places it is good when they're downtown and it's easy to get to because you know you've already come all that way you've you've flown to dallas from toronto or wherever you were coming from and you're constantly on the move that the closer you are to an arena it just kind of makes your life a little bit easier yeah but i would say most of them are are pretty much placed in the in the downtowns and i feel like acc was an influencer in that oh yeah you know when they put up air canada center what i it was functioning by, was it 1998 or 1999? Yeah, around there. <clears throat> so, you know, that really um, did did something for Toronto's downtown. I mean, Toronto's downtown really started to come alive when the ACC went up. And I think a lot of cities saw that. And, you know, a lot of the arenas that have come along in the last 20 years have been located in, similarly in their cities to what that you like D- Detroit is probably the best example you know the palace of Auburn Hills was in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. yeah um but little caesars from my understanding is is right in the downtown which you know downtown <laughs> detroit that could be a bit of an adventure <laughs> yeah, as well yeah. so it's next to a parking lot is what you're saying uh, possibly yeah take two thing four building on this one of our favorite topics building on this i what Come look on, at man. that segue hello someone used to work in radio <laughs> there it is the media meals now, we had a good conversation about this last time we spoke. Yep. Any updates in terms of the media meals? Who Who is your... When we talked last, I believe it was... Might have been Brooklyn again. I think it was, was Brooklyn. Was yeah. number one. Brooklyn was good. And yeah. it still is. Um, are they... Are more, are more arenas... Because you had also mentioned that some arenas were not providing full media meals anymore. Media is that not? Um, no, they they provide it, but they have. But they're cutting downsides. Yeah. Yeah. Charcuterie plate. <laughs> Enjoy this, buddy. <laughs> the, a couple of cheeses and the media meals. Bunch of grapes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would take grapes in some of these. <laughs> oh, oh no! The, the, the media meals are not where they were ten years ago. Really, they really aren't. Um, I'm I'm probably not going to name any names here. But I've in a lot of these cities now we have the hour off and I jump out of the arena and go to some dining close to the arena. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Washington, not because of anything about the media room. I'm sure it's fine. But there happens to be an exquisite soul food restaurant just outside uh, the arena called Clyde's. And our group goes there for dinner religiously so where they broadcast from that's where matt and uh, yeah. <laughs> they should sitting out there yeah uh so so okay. our, our group set goes binoculars yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. um <laughs> that, that's a good one <laughs> so uh, their media room might be good but uh there's I'm, I'm starting to explore some of the you know i'm getting less cheap in my old age and treating Splurging myself Splurging a little yeah, bit instead yeah. of these you know the the ones the media sometimes you have no choice san antonio they're in the middle of nowhere you couldn't even get in a cab go somewhere to eat and like go to a subway and come back in time for work you either bring your own lunch or you have to eat <laughs> you're at the mercy of the media room and um you know i'm not going to say i'm vegan but i'm trying to be and i really am trying not to eat meat and i i don't eat pork i don't eat dairy and the one year, not this year, but last year in the San Antonio me- San Antonio media room, <laughs> it was like ham and pea soup <laughs> and pork chops. Whoa. <laughs> and and I, I have no food. We're in San Antonio. We got in late the night before. I'm just happy to be at work. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh and I am God. like, I, what are those options? I have nowhere to go here. I just have nothing. I cannot eat. Oh, I am choosing to starve tonight. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I guess you can go into the concessions and buy fries or something. That's probably yeah, but I, that's for the commoners like us. Yeah, not, you're not hanging with us. You're I know. Us. Like I'm working Get here. A man. Bowl of ham and pea soup. Buddy. Can, can you imagine? That's the dinner: ham <laughs> and pea soup and pork chops. That's how pop. I'm Jewish for God's that's sake. So guys. funny. There's no no chance. <laughs> Holy Lord! I know. Oh, Do you know how the Air Canada Center? Media meals hold up? Are we? Are... Um, I would say top percentage in the league. Oh, God. Oh, um, nice. the, the pasta bar is quite popular. 
Oh, okay. Um, the turkey schnitzel is Ooh. a crowd-pleasing favorite. Nice. And uh, there's they have good soups a lot of time. Ja- our friend Jack loves the soups. Wow. Big soup guy. He's, he is a big soup guy. I could see that because he often talks about jogging on the broadcast. So it <laughs> seems like he's a, little, he's a little bit of a healthier guy yeah. despite the... Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> okay. If it's, if it's minestrone soup or chicken noodle soup, Jack is Jack's having it. And so am I. Huh. It's good. And, you know, during yeah during the winter, it's nice to have uh, oh, yeah. a soup option. Speaking of the Air Canada <laughs> Center, last week or two weeks ago, I was at a conference in Los Angeles. It was based on... Um, like live events, outdoor events, like concerts and touring and like Live Nation people were there. And, and uh, the one and only Tim Laiwiki was uh, oh. was one of the uh, the main hosts, I guess, of the this weekend conference. And I couldn't figure out why, but they just on this. It's this massive ballroom. Like it's pretty, pretty incredible conference. But they just kept having a photo montage of the Air Canada Center. I mean, look, Is it, th- is it that world class of facility? One hundred percent. Really? I mean, who gets more big name concerts in there? You know, hmm. Madison Square Garden. I'm going to ra- well, rack yeah. that up as number one. Just you know, Staples Center, I guess. But they have two basketball teams, right? So, Air Canada Center probably has more concerts than Staples Center, and you know, ACC has the the lacrosse team. I mean, they're. There's so much sports and entertainment hmm. coming coming out of that building, and the you know the top grossing acts in the world come in and you know have to play three shows. Yeah, you know I I went to the Kendrick Lamar show last summer, and it was the third his third show Unreal. there in the summer. It, it just it it speaks to the class of the building, how it's run. Um, which you know I work for the company, so yeah, I'm biased, but it I know it's impeccably run. And the the audience in this city and the mm-hmm. province of Ontario, I mean, people like world-class entertainment here, and they're willing to shell out top dollar for it. And that building is packed night after night after night after night. It's, an, it's amazing. And L- Live Nation has to be just thrilled with the amount of business that gets done there. Yeah, it, it was the Polestar conference, and um, Laiwiki's new company was like, I don't know, co-hosting it or something like that. But yeah, it was like big. Like there was like Cuban spoke at it and like Mark Cuban and Coolio. Coolio was Shout there. Shout out to Coolio, damn Coolio it. Coolio was there. And Wait, the actual Coolio? Coolio You're not there. just saying, oh, Coolio, man. Thanks <laughs> Coolio. for the name drops. No. Coolio. No, no. Coolio Live was in there. Of course, Tim Laiwiki. Coolio is the next name you say. <laughs> hey, Li- Laiwiki has to... 1A and 1B. Yeah. You got to give Tim Laiwiki credit Mad for props. what's happening. <laughs> Absolutely. Hell yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That guy Big Laiwiki fans, this, man. This city sports culture, 100%. Yep. I, he, he came in, he challenged it, and he changed the status quo. Some people questioned his style. In, I got in nothing doing wrong it. with what he yeah. did. TFC's won a championship. We're reaping the benefits from Tim Laiwiki being here for yeah. sure. Percent. I mean, to me, his best move was hiring Masai. Absolutely, Jerry. Um, but I mean, he also bringing in and and, and seriously bringing in Drake. Dra- bringing yeah. in Drake was a brilliant Huge. maneuver. Yeah. Brilliant. I, Matt, big big fan of uh, Tim Laiwiki. I will say though. A little bit of a belly on that man. <laughs> hey man, he's eating good. Okay, all right. Just nothing, no judgment here. Just saying. Didn't you know? I'd never seen him in person before. What, what the hell do I know? He's not eating the ham and pea soup. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, he's straight to the pork chops. Yeah, yeah, he's going right to the pork chops. Think fast, think five. We uh, have discussed in the past. You've seen more fish concerts than anyone I know. <laughs> when you rolled up here and I was getting you a parking pass, you had the Grateful Dead playing. Just to yeah, Barton it. Hall, nineteen seventy-seven. They finally released it. Mm-hmm. Thank God. The f- most famous Grateful Dead concert of all time. It's in the Library of Congress. I, well, I think Nick and I were waiting for that eagerly. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll pick that up. <laughs> okay. Here's yep. now to tie in a Raptors thing. Did you know, heard this on the Michael Rappaport podcast. He was interviewing Damian Lillard and he asked which other NBA players could rap. And he said, CJ Miles is a great rapper. Okay. Did you any? I definitely didn't know that. Didn't know that. Okay. No, I don't think that's come up in any of our coverage of him. He has a lot of music on. Like he's gone to radio interviews and freestyled. Wow. Pretty damn good, man. Had no idea myself. But yeah, just listen to this like a week ago, and Lillard's like, he's like, oh, what's that guy? He's like the guy up in Toronto. The guy up in Toronto. (laughs) And I'm like, what? What? And then he said, C.J. Miles. 
And I immediately texted Nick, and he's like, I had no, I have no idea. And so we, we looked it up, and apparently the guy raps. Okay, well, I'm going to pass along this tidbit to the, uh, the makers of Open Gym. There you go. Yes, and please. Let Landico know. Yeah, let's get them shooting some uh, DJ CJ. Yeah, man. Uh, neither of us had any clue, and that's, that's kind of like in our wheelhouse of like stupid shit we would know. <laughs> well, I doubt he's a recording artist. I think he put out a mixtape, man. Come on. I, there's that's, a CJ Miles mixtape out there? Apparently. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting to the bottom of this. That's apparently the, And then also on that Rappaport... No camping. It was something to do with camping. Okay. Big okay. into tents. <laughs> I think... It, I want to say it was a label said no camping. or a group. Yeah, I think, the, the, I think the tape was called No Camping. It's a BET comic? group or the... Yeah, the group or, like, or his label that he was doing was called Last... And it was living above society's tents. That's what last stood for. Huh. Uh-huh. And he's wow. very, like, he's not rapping about, like, money, and you know what I mean, or cars. He's, like, a conscious rapper mm. talking about, like, uplifting yourself. And I'm like, God damn it, CJ. You're just a great man. <laughs> he is a great guy. Is but he? we are all going to have to look into this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I think this requires all, some digging. We've all got projects now. <laughs> um, do you notice in and around the, the team or, or teams, have you noticed guys like, I know before you talked about, uh, I think it was, uh, you were saying Noah had some great musical taste. Yeah. Do you, do you notice any of? Uh... Oh, yeah. If, if you if you ask me who any of the current day players are, are listening to in terms of music, I, I wouldn't know. I mean, the one thing you know is that they're all best buds with Drake. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just you see it, right? It's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's all right. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Drake, not so much for the music, but for the way he carries himself, his business, how he's helped the Raptors, his acting. He's an yeah. amazing actor. Plus, you know, he comes on the Raptors broadcast and he's just Which is always phenomenal. Yeah. He's super funny. He knows does, the game inside out. How does that work, by the way? Like, are you guys like, oh. do, you, do you like, are you like, hey man, you want to come on or is he, how does that go? I'm going to reveal the secret. You. Now, how, how that happens Breaking. for the first time. Oh, shit. So in the, in the early days, yeah, I guess we would say, hey, do you want to come on? But um, in talking with Matt Devlin, you know, we don't want to put it on him as in to always ask him to do it because it's obviously it's a huge favor to us when he does it. I know he enjoys it thoroughly and you know who doesn't want to be on the Raptor show with Matt and Jack yeah but at the same time you, you know you want to let him do it at his own time one of the um, last times that we might have asked him to do it he asked if we could just he didn't want to leave his seat and you can understand that, you know, mm-hmm. have to fit in in, the, in our little broadcast table. So what we started doing, what we learned that we could have a headset with a cord extended and brought to his seat, which isn't that far away. Mm-hmm. Close enough that he, if he's saying something, he can turn around and make eye contact. But so we called the Drake headset mm. and we set it up for every game because so, we don't who knows when, when Drake's come, showing yeah. up. So we're always ready. Any, and he sits down, if he looks at Matt and Jack or our world-famous stage manager, Roberto, yeah. <laughs> it, and he says, hey, I want to come on. We can have a fully functioning headset in his seat within 10 seconds, right. and nice. boom, he's, he's on the show. So it's really up to him. Drake, you're, in case you haven't heard this from me before, I think you have. You're welcome on the Raptors broadcast at any Anytime, time. Yeah. We love having him. He's so amazing at it. And we're always now technically set up that when, when he wants to do it, the headset's ready to go. The Drake headset is always prepared. So he's just got to turn and give the look, like give the nod? Yep. Nice. Pretty much. That's pretty much it. That's and if awesome. He, and if he doesn't want to, we're not Pushing um, him, man. putting him on the spot and right. making him feel like well do i have to say yes or no i mean i'm, I'm the brand ambassador i gotta do this <laughs> don't look like a jerk. i'm a little bit tipsy right now i don't know <laughs> if i should do this well did you see the one time this year when uh he finally says in the middle of the game he says to matt and jack like don't you guys ever have to go to the washroom yeah yeah and i don't know what they said they were probably so shocked by the question <laughs> but he got up Put, took his headset off and went to the washroom and our camera followed him going out into the vomitory on his way to the great. washroom. Man. It was just as it's, it's so, the stuff with him. Sometimes it's almost surreal because mm-hmm. he's so funny. He's such a, an enormous superstar yet at the same time, he's the guy you grew up with in yeah. Toronto 
and he acts that way and you're like yeah yeah we've been sitting there watching the game you, you, you gotta go to the washroom yeah, we yeah. all do yeah so we're just gonna show drake going to the washroom <laughs> yeah and, and go you know so but in television <laughs> That shit's really funny. Oh man, Hell that's yeah, how you man. produce that, right there. A hundred percent. And you just you let it happen. It's it's organic. We didn't, you know, plant that. He's yeah. gotta go. Yeah. You gotta go, you gotta go. So it's all part of the show at that point. So it's uh it but it, it's all him who just by being himself brings such an element of fun and re- realism to to the program. Now you are, as we mentioned, a big music fan. Who, if you could pick someone for you personally? To also join the broadcast who you pick you're not not as a producer not as like you're like oh no this is gonna hit my audience this is for you you're the audience well i mean it would be great to have a former raptor luminary type player right you know we've had morris peterson has been on the tsn show alvin williams has been on the Sportsnet show um I, and i i think uh they're they're both awesome guys i think alvin is a tremendous broadcaster yeah and uh i would love to see him do more but he's you know he's got a job with the philadelphia 76ers now so i don't know how possible that is um what about a musician oh yeah like interesting yeah i I, it would be really hard to see anybody coming on and being at at drake's level and being able to talk about their sport uh, you know, or or any sport, but uh, but I mean, you know, to the to the hippie side of things, you do see Bill Walton going off every <laughs> once in a while, yeah. right? And he's got the I love Bill Walton stuff. I mean, and it, it go, what what you know what I really liked with Bill Walton. Do you remember the the trio? I think it, I think it was Tom Hammond, Bill Walton, and Snapper Jones. Snapper, yeah, who we I think we lost in the last year or so. Unfortunately, but Snapper was so with it that he would look up some Grateful Dead lyrics or references, and he would drop them on Walton before Walton had the chance to do it. That's cool. And uh, I, I remember him him doing that, and, and I, I really always enjoyed that. And, you know, Walton would actually be pretty good. He, he brings a, you know, his, his hyperbole is out of control, but he, obviously he knows the game and he was a hell of a player. But he also has a joy for basketball, a joy for broadcasting for people and really for just being alive. And, you know, sometimes people watching these sports can get down on their teams and get frustrated and i think he brings a dose of just hey man we're just here watching a basketball game everybody please enjoy this this is a privilege yeah that we're here doing it so yeah i would take i would take bill walton in there but remember he's a deadhead before he's a basketball player yeah absolutely he is and don't you every time you see luke walton don't you kind of look at him and just be like like i always wonder like oh what was it like when parents like like were like hippies and shit you know yeah, what yeah, i mean yeah. and luke's just seems like he's like yeah you know what i mean like like he'd bring his friends home from school and his parents would be like smoking weed or something he'd be like yeah let's just go play basketball with my guys yeah. you know like just that's my dad just ignore him kind Dude, of thing no luke walton has grateful dead tattoos really on his body he's yeah. the same yeah okay. they're on when when he used to play you could see them they were oh, on is his that arm. what that that's what his tattoos those are? are called the jerry bears holy shit this is crazy yeah. i just thought he just had stick man tattooed on his no arm. man those are a cartoon character of jerry garcia yeah that are in the shape of bears right and there's all kinds of Grateful Dead merchandise of the quote Jerry Bear. I know what a Jerry. I didn't know he had Jerry Bears he, on. That, it's on his arm. That's yeah. his tattoo on his arm. Wow. Jerry Bears. Luke's a deadhead too. Wow, that's insane. Yep. Okay. All right. Yep. Do you know? Are, good, there, eh? are there any guys in the league that like fish? Is that, is that a thing? Is that even possible? I don't know about that. Yeah. I, 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 Can you I, imagine if there was the bond you would have? Oh. You'd be my favorite player. A, yeah. We would have a lot. We would have a lot to t- a lot to discuss. You would have to have your own podcast with him. Yeah, especially the year Fish just had. Yeah, did, now did you they have a big year. They had a monstrous year. You were you just saw them on New Year's Eve. Was it? I saw them December thirtieth and thirty first. Of course, back to back, baby. Back to back. But they played seventeen shows at Madison Square Garden in twenty seventeen. They did thirteen in the summer. They called it the Baker's Dozen. So 13 shows over 17 days. I can't Guys, <laughs> they didn't play the same song twice That's for un- 13 nights. That's unbelievable. And each night, they play two shows. They play two sets that are an hour 15 each. That's insane. But oh, how, do you, like, how can you even be a fan of the band? If, like, how many songs do they have? 
600. Jesus Christ. And everybody, like, when you're, <laughs> Jesus Christ. when you're a fan of this band, you're a fan of certain songs. Right. There's, there's your favorite batch of songs, and then there's the songs you just, you don't like, or as my, my buddy Winch and me call them piss breaks. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but you need them because the band is so frenetic and so high energy that you need to jump out sometimes. But, so after they do the 13 shows in the summer, they did the four New Year's shows. I was, because of a break in the schedule, I was able to go the 30th and 31st. Now, there was a game in Toronto on the 1st. So getting on a 9 a.m. flight oh. out of Newark on New- on January 1st was Ooh. a very difficult proposition oh. for me. I got through it. But the, the what Fish did at the New Year's shows that I thought made them stand out, every show, every song they played was what would be considered a showstopper. Oh. Like... They only played just the hits. It was just hit, 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 <laughs> hit, hit, hit for four hours a night. Wow, that's amazing! And the audience was just—it couldn't. The audience didn't know what to do with itself. It was not even even the uh, the ushers. And I went and talked to them, and I said, "I mean, you've seen fish so many times this year. You know, you've seen them more than most people. And yeah. like they knew the songs, and they wow. knew how the show goes, and that there's the set break at this time, and." You know, there's this happens here and this happens there, and it, they 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 have a banner at Madison Square Garden now. That's I'm going to make sure we show it. I'm going to make sure we show it the next time the Raptors time. played MSG well, in March. Know, what else is going to be going on, right? I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we won't be showing much of the Knicks. Exactly. Oh, yeah. You'll have time. Basically, the whole fourth quarter, you can just <laughs> lock. Now, a lot of people talking about thing six. Your your career, personally. Couple questions. First of all, what's been the biggest highlight to date? I mean, uh, it was definitely the Eastern Conference Finals 2016. Um, being able to to work on something like that, to to know I've done that is just a dream that I, I couldn't have thought was possible. And of course, having done it, I just want to do it again. And I want to work on the NBA Finals, yeah. which would, that would, I would have to qualify that as beyond a dream. Because you just, you know, growing up in Toronto in the, 80s and 90s I never could have believed what Toronto an NBA never, team never. in the finals never but um yeah so to, to answer that question um I would say that but also you know we had a, a couple of trips to London England those games the Raptors played in London and in 2000 and I can't remember if it was 10 or 11 but we did we broadcast the first um ever regular season NBA games in Europe that's oh incredible. yeah, yeah. And so, so for me, that was—I uh, mean, just to be in London for work was amazing. Yeah. Right. What, what? How is this happening? What, yeah. are we, what am I doing here? And uh, so, so you know, to be involved in those in those broadcasts. So th- those I would have to immediately come to mind as the highlights. Now, I will also say I was at the game as the the scorekeeper when Kobe Bryant scored eighty one points. Woo! So that was. That has to be considered a highlight as well. As it was yeah. such a historic night by probably the fourth or fifth best human to ever play basketball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Agreed. Right. Right. Agreed. Right. We're shutting right. it Facts. down. Facts. Facts only. Okay. Outnumbered on this one. Okay. It feels good. Well, let's... <laughs> feels right. good. Have you ever had a giant uh, screw-up on air? All the time. <laughs> What's, what, do you, what do you think uh, the biggest one is? I mean, the first game... My first game... That I was in the producer's chair. It was opening night, two thousand and nine, and they're thirty seconds away to us. And I get told that the audio board has crashed. Oh my lord! And we have no audio. And I remember I, I feel like the game was on the score, and they were throwing to us, and I didn't know what to do. It was my first game. I had no experience, and so that that stands out. What happened? We <laughs> we we had video. Yeah, like the the. Yeah, so we had a picture of the court, and we could put in a graphic that said, you know, Raptors versus Cleveland Cavaliers, but um, you couldn't hear anything. Right. And I'm talking to the studio. I'm like, can you pick it up again? Can you guys talk? No, no, we're not set up for that. So you just you go to commercial, and they fix what they can in the two minutes, and then you extend it to a three-minute commercial, and then you, you try to find your way through. But the, the truth is that the whole first year I was doing it, I don't know how I got through it. I, I did not know what I was doing. And I was lucky that I had a lot of more experienced people and more talented people than me who covered 
for my weaknesses and lack of experience and flaws. <clears throat> but um, there's one other one that comes to mind because it almost came up a, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, someone had, uh, a, f- a famous Bull, Chicago Bulls journalist had passed away and Chicago was doing a moment of silence. Now, they always do the national anthems before the TV window starts, which helps. But they usually tack on a moment of silence to that. And they came in and they told us, we're doing a moment of silence, it'll be at this time. So we altered the pregame show to, to meet it. But then they decided to change when they were doing the moment of silence. Oh, they didn't tell us. God. And sure enough, three minutes into the show, all the lights go out and please remove your hats as we (laughs) and Matt is still talking because we're live on the air and not only is he talking but it's dark and there's you can't see anything and Matt's got a big booming voice and I'm a inexperienced young producer and I don't know what to do and I didn't know this was happening and you just you know there's this moment of silence going on and you know (laughs) I've put Matt in this terrible position where he's got to talk or and that you know you just okay let's wrap it up and let's get to break oh (laughs) five four three two one boom so I I would for now and you know I'm knocking on my head here so nothing worse ever happens it probably will but that that was that was a glaring TV mistake that still haunts me to this day right so that was almost out of your hands though right yeah that's not it, it was it was out of my hands um and i i felt i was really upset that you know somebody came to the broadcast truck I early in the day either. and said we're doing a moment of silence it's at this time and then they didn't honor that and they didn't inform us that's right. not on you though but it's still, you, you, you know, still feel it. Yeah. When you're sitting at home watching, you don't care. Well, yeah, no, that's, yeah. You're just, you're just like, ha, look at these losers, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have so. came on and routed them out. Been like, you know, first of all, this wasn't on me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's not Matt's fault. Yeah, you need a headset. Is one. Of, uh, this is coming back to. They should give you a headset in the truck. That'd be great. That, that would be pretty funny. How do we not? How has that not happened yet? Jack seems to have a good back and forth going with you every once in a while. I'll uh, I'll pitch it to the networks Hell in the yeah. summer. We'll see what Let's we'll see what TSN says about that. Make it happen. <laughs> make it happen. Oh, you you mentioned the the Eastern Conference Finals and the finals. So if the Raptors made the finals, would it still be? Would you guys still broadcast it? Like would? Yes, it, we would. You, oh, you do. Sorry right? to everyone out there in Canada who <laughs> wants to hear the ESPN broadcast because they want to know what. Jeff Van Gundy says, yeah. but then um, they, they could just get the ABC feed, could they? Not? Oh, I guess they, I guess they could. Yes, you are, you are. So, right. but you would still do the one hundred percent. We, we are because we're Canada. We're a different country. It's a different television deal. And it, the truth is, we went through this for the first time in twenty sixteen because you know the Raptors had never advanced past the yeah. first round, you know, since two thousand and one. But the, you know, TV is so much more sophisticated in those fifteen years. So. As it was happening, we were pushing along saying, hey, we're not American. We are our own national network and we want to continue doing these things and sell our own sponsorships and present the story in the in the Raptors light. And so, you know, the league was totally cool with it. The networks didn't care. I mean, they they're not their channel. You know, they don't make more money based on how many Canadians watch. Doesn't matter, yeah. You know, the T- TSN or Sportsnet or both, they pay the NBA for the rights to show it. They don't pay Turner and Disney for their broadcast. It's a deal oh, with the okay. league. So in this way, the league, I would imagine, I don't know this for sure, but the league probably makes more money because the, you know, our show can spe- sell some sponsorships different from what the ESPN Americans, is yeah. selling. So... It's just a very fortuitous, fortunate situation for our group, for me. Um, you know, the rest of the producers in my my counterparts throughout the rest of the league, they get to do the first round, and that's it. Because huh. once it gets to the second round, it's exclusively Turner and ESPN. Wow. So we're the only home broadcast in the league that keeps going. And, yep, we would go right through the NBA Finals. And, that's crazy. Wow, it's, it's, it's amazing, and I... I honestly look in the mirror and say, why, you know, why do we get to do this? Why is this working out so well? Amen. Good stuff happens to good people. That's I guess. right. I guess so. You're good, man. Dan, thanks again for joining us. My pleasure. Always great seeing you boys. Twitter, people can find you. DG on the road. At DG on the road. Twitter, Instagram, 
Yeah, and that, that's about it these days. Yeah, I think that's enough. And I'd, I'd actually stay away from my Twitter. It's mostly politics at this point. <laughs> <laughs> my basketball pictures are on my Instagram. Check that out. Fair enough. Danny G, thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it. Another yeah. podcast. Coming up our next week, we're, we got Jack Armstrong. We got Jack Armstrong coming up. We're going to go get a Big Mac uh, with bacon. Right. You gotta yeah. do that. There's a new billboard, by the way, in place of the one. I've seen a lot. I saw a commercial. I saw a commercial, it. too. Yeah. yeah. So. It is a real thing. Hey, man. We broke so. it on this podcast. Yeah. Weeks before it came out. Still waiting on that Drake album, though. That's, uh. Enjoy that burger. That's good. Anyway, hit us up on Twitter at Talking Raptors. Let's go, Raptors. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle eyed. For the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com/safety or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.